Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I'm just continuing to shoot. You know, I think um, there were a few shots last game I, I didn't, I could wish I could have back for sure, but this time it's just continuing to shoot, be aggressive. You know, I think last year what I would have done probably is kind of second-guess myself and not really, you know, shoot as much this game, but continue to be aggressive. You know, I don't not shine away from it. And it helps when you have guys that, you know, like Boyan and, and, and Mike and Jeff and, and everybody just saying, keep shooting, you know, not really kind of saying, like, look for me. Like, keep telling me to be, keep being aggressive. You know, I think that's what really helps. Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz getting back at it tonight at home against the Warriors. Man, the Warriors are bad. Three wins. They've gone from the NBA Finals to the worst team. Not even the worst in the West. They are the worst in the NBA. And you're thinking, yeah, but the Knicks are a mess. You know, check the standings. The Warriors' record is worse. They got three wins. You do not want to join the club that includes the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and Saturday night's opponent, the Pelicans. So Jazz trying to take care of business tonight. And I get you might be distracted and you might not have an edge, but they still have NBA guys. I mean, they got low-level NBA guys, but they got NBA hey, guys. Alec Burks is back in town. They got to win this. They do. And they got to beat the Pelicans tomorrow. 11-5. And, and they got a big Eastern road trip that's got some heavyweights on it, starting with Milwaukee right out of the gate. But first things first, the rare home back-to-back. Home Friday night, home Saturday night. And just remember, there's a club, and you don't want to be in it. The Grizzlies are in it, the Blazers are in it, and the Pelicans are in it. Those are the only three teams the Warriors have beaten all year. Jazz tonight, right here on The Zone. Games at 7, pregame at 6. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Giannis 10 to shoot against Tolliver. Backs him down, goes middle, and slams it with a left hand. Drew going to inbound baseline right. Get it in the Ingram, two-hand stop. That's way better. Way better. You kidding me? Good night. You kidding me? Way better. <laughs> Coach him up. Coach him up from the headsets. Only two games in the NBA last night. You got Milwaukee taking down Portland, and you got the Pelicans beating the Suns. Uh, the, uh, and, oh, in the Portland game, uh, Damian Lillard was a no-go. So they just put the ball in the hands of C.J. McCollum. And, man, did he rack up a stat line. But they didn't defend. They didn't get any stops, which has kind of been the deal with Portland. McCollum's line was awesome. I mean, he got to take 29 shots. That's, that's a phenomenal amount of shots. He ends up with 37 points and 10 assists. But that's not nearly good enough. And the Bucks win again. The Bucks are off to a great start. They win 80% of their games. They're on like a 65-win pace here. I mean, it's early in the year, but wow. Tearing out of the gates. And then the Suns, that was an awesome start. They've now slipped back to 500, which actually is still an awesome start for them. It's not, as, it's not what they had like a week ago. They've suffered a few losses here and leveled out of 500, and they may drop some more. But for a team that only won 19 games last night, Pelicans pick up the win, 124-121. And curious to see what happens when the Pelicans uh, have everybody. Favors didn't play in that game. He had lower back muscle spasms, so he was out. And they have, uh, obviously, they've got no Zion Williamson here at the start of the season. So 
See how this shakes out for those guys. You got a doubleheader on ESPN tonight if you're uh, channel surfing during the Jazz game. Spurs and Sixers, followed by, ooh, heavyweights in the West. Rockets and Clippers. Clippers don't have a top three record, but Lakers, Rockets, Clippers right now looks like top three. I know Jazz fans and top three, get the seed, get out of the four or five series. I am with you, but right now, if you had to pick who it's going to be at the end of the year, Lakers, Rockets, Clippers. Long way to go. See how it shakes out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. We need that for a drop, by the way, Yach. Are you kidding me? I'll pull it. That's an awesome drop right there. I mean, we could use it right here. The Utes not only lost to Coastal Carolina, they got blown out. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. 79-57, a 22-point loss. Are you kidding me? See, that's going to be very useful. The Utes are 3-1, and and if you're having flashbacks, you're not alone. Because I think you can plug this score into last year. You know, they got off to a start last year. Eh, maybe they're going to be okay. Maybe they have something, some young guys, and they get better as the season goes along. And they went down to Fullerton, and they were in a tournament. I think it was the Wooden Tournament. And they got blown out by Northwestern and Hawaii, and they were never the same. Now, maybe it was a mirage. It was early in the year, and it was scheduling. But there was the, at least the illusion, hey, these guys might be good. Let's, let's see if these young guys turn into something. Same thing this year, the 3-0. You know, the win at Nevada, Nevada isn't Nevada from a year or two ago when they were really, really good. They were top of the Mountain West, the NCAA tournament wins. But I still think Nevada's middle of the Mountain West, you know, and Alford's there now, and so we'll see how it shakes out. But still to go on the road and get that in the opener, I thought that was a decent win. And Minnesota from the Big Ten, we'll see where they stack up in the Big Ten. But, hey, if you get a Big Ten win, that's going to help your strength of schedule and all that stuff, right? The 3-0 neutral court in Coastal Carolina, it was close to the half, and Coastal Carolina just blew the thing wide open in it's like five minutes at the start of the second half. So the Utes are 3-1. and one. Utah State is a perfect 5-0, but here comes the real test. They're in the Jamaica Classic, and the Aggies are playing LSU, and Tony Parks wins. I mean, I don't know if Utah State's going to win or LSU wins, but Tony Parks wins. Tony Parks calling the game for the zone. Tony Parks gets himself a, a trip to Jamaica. Staying in Montego Bay. All right. Tony for the win. Scotty G will be here calling football, of course. And Scotty, good news for you, Scotty. Laramie, Fort Collins, Albuquerque. Yeah. Don't forget Colorado Springs in the winter. Fabulous. Tony Parks, Jamaica. Scotty G, Laramie, Albuquerque, Fort Collins, and Colorado Springs. You want the Jamaica or you want the I-25? I'll take the Jamaica trip, please. Utah legend, Watt Masaka passing away Wednesday, 95 years old. Help establishing Utah basketball as a freshman, helping him win the 1944 NCAA title. 45 and 46, he was in the Armed Forces. 47, he returns to school and helps the Utes win the NIT. That's when the NIT was bigger than the NCAA. But you got one of each, so whatever. Whichever tournament you like, they had them both. And in an age when professional basketball was all white guys, Japanese-American, breaking the color barrier, in the Basketball Association of America, which is, that was what pro basketball was before the two leagues merged and became the NBA. So Wat Masaka, 95 years old. That is a, uh, when you go back to the roots of Utah basketball greatness, you look at those teams in the 40s, and he's right there in the middle of all of it. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag BYU. I mean, we recognize them. I'm glad that um, I think his Isabella kid's not there anymore, so that's good. You know, I see him on Sundays making plays. They still have a lot of good players on their team and, and tons of respect from us, you know, but I know they've gone through coaching changes and everything, so I know Walt Bell's in charge now, and Whipple's done a good job before them, you know, so tons of respect for them. We, we know that going into the game, we're going to have to be ready for their best shot, and like I said, they, we have to make sure they get ours. That's it's important for me as a coach, and it's important for our coaching staff and our program and these players, and that's for all the guys that will be making the trip. Well, I think a couple things when I hear that, and one is blah, 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 he's got to talk. It's, it's, kind of, it's just the deal, and he has to say something, right? We have lots of good players. And he can't say they're 1-10 in 10 and they give up 52 points a game, although both of those things are true. But I do buy into what he said about we have to give them our best shot. They're going to win the game. But you don't want to go out there and stumble around, take a bunch of dumb penalties because guys are lining up in illegal formations and jumping offside and, you know, turning the ball over three times, which this is one of the times where I think they can turn over three times and probably win by three touchdowns anyway. But you want to go out there, you want to play well, you want to look good, you want to do your thing. If they can't, if they're not good enough to do their thing, you can't do anything about that now, the game's scheduled. But at least go out there, not just win the game, but look good doing it. Because you want to have a... You don't want to be looking over your shoulder going, what is wrong with us when you're trying to prepare for San Diego State? You're going to be playing one of the better teams in the Mountain West to wrap up the season. You got a shot at 8-4, and four, which lines you up for a bowl win in 9-4. and four. So go back there, play well, blow the game open early, and feel good about yourself when you get on the plane and be ready to get ready for San Diego State. Don't go back there and lay some enormous egg and have 100 yards of penalties and three turnovers. Other than that, I got nothing for you because UMass is really, I mean... One and ten. <laughs> Just one note on them. They took Akron down. They showed Akron who was boss. You can have up to 85 scholarship players. They're currently playing with 40 or 45 scholarship players. I think we've talked about UMass for long enough. They're a mess. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Not, not wholesale changes, but, you know, it's still early in the week. We're still, computer reports and all that are still being generated. But, you know, you can't make a wholesale change at that point in the season, but just changing the leadership and maybe a little bit of a, a philosophical change. That's Kyle Whittingham talking about Arizona because he fired their defensive coordinator. They just fired their defensive line coach. And I'm not going to say that name. It's not going to happen. Come on. Come on. Apologies your name. Ten letters. Uh, seven vowels. I, I can't do that. The last name. That, so this is actually. Iona. I got his first name. Yeah. Iona. Iona. Let's see. I don't have his first name. Uigalale. What? Uigalale. Uigalale? Yes. Oh, I do have it. Well, I would have never guessed that off the page. But in any case, I let him go. That's a third defensive assistant. I don't know why you don't fire him all at once. It's like, hey, one guy this week, a couple weeks from now, we'll, we'll let another guy go. They're giving up 37 points a game. Arizona's not UMass bad, but a lot of the same things. Kyle's got to get up there and talk, and he's got to say stuff. And the team can probably go down there and commit a bunch of penalties and turn the ball over and win the game anyway. But you're getting on a roll, getting ready for Oregon. Look good in these last two games. And the Utes, we haven't <laughs> we haven't really seen them push except for Washington. They've been blowing teams off the field. They've been going out there. You're not good enough. You will get our best shot. You don't get a bunch of turnovers. You don't get a bunch of penalties. We're going to go down there and score on four of the first five possessions. And you're going to be in trouble early. And I expect we're going to see more of the same thing. I expect this game's going to look a, a lot more like UCLA and Oregon State than it does USC and Washington. USC and Washington, two eight-win teams, but 
they can play good games, but everybody else in this league, I would really expect the Utes to, to dominate and just blow it open early. 6.30 for the pregame show here on The Zone tomorrow night. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Well, while BYU and Utah should just be crushing people, the Aggies, high stakes here. 20th-ranked Boise State, division leader coming to town. The Aggies should get the Broncos' best shot because the Broncos know they beat the Aggies. They're going to the conference title game. It's right in front of them. They're going to walk on the field and know they're three hours away. Their only loss is to BYU. Got got hit with some big plays, some trick plays, and they bit on them, gave up scores, rallied late, and couldn't get it done. But other than that, they've handled everybody. And the Aggies, we don't know. They're playing their cards close to the vest. Is Jordan Love going to play? Is he going to be 100%? And then even inside a game, you don't know what Jordan Love you're going to get. Just this past week, you know, we saw all three things. The start of the game, two picks, one of them a pick six, bad start. Middle of the game, got the best of Jordan Love. He was slicing and dicing, big plays, throwing the ball down the field. Things were clicking. The crowd was up roaring. Guys are in the end zone celebrating. And then he's running for a first down. He takes a hit. In the last third of the game, he's sitting on the bench, and he's not looking very happy. And he's not trying to throw the ball. So hold your breath for that one. If the Aggies win this, they've still got a, a path here to a share of the division title. Win this, and then win next week in New Mexico. And Boise State Air Force and USU could all sit atop the division at 7-1. and one. Uh, The Broncos already beat the Falcons, and the Falcons already beat the Aggies. Now it's up to the Aggies to close the circle, see if they can take down the Broncos. Late game, that's 8.30. That'll be going on, uh, that starts a half an hour after the Ute game. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So it seems like most of the fun now, whereas it used to be watching other Pac-12 South teams and seeing where the youths fit in the race, now there's only one other Pac-12 South game to watch, and that's USC and UCLA. And I assume USC is going to win that. They blew it last year. 2-9 and nine, UCLA came in and got their third win of the season. I assume that SC will win. They're the better team, having watched both teams, which means the youths have to win out. So that game's on at 1.30 in the afternoon. Other than that, for you Ute fans, it's watching the other one-loss teams. There's eight one-loss teams for one playoff spot right now because the three undefeateds all look like they're set, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. So you got eight other teams. Ohio State can knock out Penn State, 10 a.m. on Fox. Give Penn State their second loss. Or Penn State can create the kind of chaos that I think would really slam the door on the Utes. They got, they got a path. They got a sliver. They got this thin chance of how things could work out for them. What you don't need is for an unbeaten like Ohio State or LSU that's got a great rep to get a loss now. If Penn State beats Ohio State, then Penn State's probably going to the conference title game, and Ohio State, like Bama, could be sitting there 11-1. and one. Oh, yeah, we lost one game, but look it, look it, and you got the brand name, and you got the conference, and you got the— Ohio State. Yeah, and, and if that happens, if Baylor and Utah and Oklahoma and Oregon— Thanks for playing, guys. So, you can get up and root for Ohio State at 10 a.m. on Fox, and then USC and UCLA at 1.30. And other than that, eh, Georgia, you know, they got a loss. You'd like to see them get a second loss. Maybe Texas A&M can give that to them. I doubt that. Uh, I think it'll be mostly chalk favorites the rest of the way. This is the first time Texas and Georgia play each other as members of the SEC. This is, uh, that's, thank you for that footnote. Uh, the primetime game, the Pac-12 getting some exposure, not the exposure they'd like, but the 5.30 time slot on ABC, that's, 
That's pretty good. That's 730 in the East. So Oregon can be impressing people in primetime. They're playing Arizona State. And the whole country will see it. It's on ABC. And it's a good TV time. USC-UCLA got the other good TV time at 1.30 because it's two teams in a mega market and they got a rivalry that goes back decades. And I wish the Utes were in that so you could have Utes and Oregon and everyone could talk about the eyeball test and how good the Utes look. But no. Basically, the way it works for the Pac-12 now, it looks like they're getting two good time slots that you can't complain about. They're rock solid. They're great. They're getting two of the late night games and the country's gone to bed. And then they got two games buried on the Pac-12 network, which no one can see. Those tend to be the last place teams, and I don't worry so much about that. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Here's the snap to Deshaun. Stepping out to the right. Plants. Throwing deep. Got a man wide open. DeAndre Hopkins. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. The Texans are back on top. Second down. Watson gets the snap, and he airs it out deep down the left side. Watch DeAndre Hopkins. And New makes the catch for another touchdown. It says here the Houston Texans took control of the AFC South with their 2017 win over the Colts on Thursday Night Football. What am I, Anchorman here? My Will Ferrell just put it in front of me and I'll read it. I know there are actually examples where that is true. Let's not debate that. It doesn't reflect well on me. But did I miss they hear wrong. When they they took the lead, but I don't think they took control. They've split head to head. The yeah. Texans have to play the Patriots next week, and the Colts have somebody who's not very good. I think they could be tied again next week. Oh, the Colts have the Titans. Eh, not a gimme, but a totally winnable game. And so they could be tied again with four to go, and they've split their two game series now head to head. So. To control, they have the edge. I think Houston's going to roll from here. All right, there it is. He's calling it. Doesn't it look like Deshaun Watson? I know he had the injury, but don't we all feel like he should take the jump and join the next generation of dynamic quarterbacks? Mm -hmm. You might not think he's equal to Mahomes, but he's close enough. You may not. uh, Goff, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl now, although this year is kind of a little bit of a setback. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Russell Wilson's a little older than them, but not as old as the Brady Breeze guys. So it feels like he ought to be the next generation. He certainly passed the eye test last night, looking way better than he did against Baltimore two weeks ago. And they're, the Ravens, they got another that rising young quarterback who ought to be dominating the league for another decade or so. Uh, Miles Garrett, his appeal. Upheld indefinite suspension. So six games for this year, plus whatever playoff games, which I just find that hilarious that that keeps getting mentioned. I mean, really? Cleveland's four and six. I mean, mathematically it could happen, but come on, it's Cleveland and they're four and six. It's not going to happen. He alleged that there was a racial slur that ignited the, uh, the incident, and the NFL says they found no such evidence. Somebody, on, somebody else on the field should have heard it. Somebody else, a referee or one of his teammates close enough. So that's out there now. Big games this weekend. Seahawks-Eagles. Cowboys-Patriots. That's going to get a massive rating in the afternoon, isn't it? Everybody's going to be locked down on that game. Cowboys and Patriots at 2.30. And the Sunday night game is the Niners and the Packers. You know they're going to be breaking out some old video there, right? I think we're going to see Steve Young's touchdown pass. You know, he drops back, you're he taking, stumbles. You're taking Yuck back to his childhood. I think we're Let's going go. back 20 years. One of the 90s. Place your bets now. What are the odds they're going to roll that tape? 
The Packers are leading the NFC North at 8-2. The Niners are leading the NFC West at 9-1. So on the one hand, they're battling for the best record and home field advantage, and obviously Lambeau Field in the winter and all that. But neither one of these teams has locked up their division. Green Bay's only a half game in front of Minnesota. The Niners are only a game in front of the Seahawks. So a loss here, and then a late-season division showdown, and you can find yourself in the wild-card round really quick. Green Bay's got to go to Minnesota like the next to last week of the season. And the so, Niners and Seahawks score off the final week of the season. I don't even need to look it up. I got Mr. 49er right here. So that's a huge game Sunday night. So the, the NFL, they're just so good at this. There are no – you look at college football and you'll think, why is that scheduled that way? I mean, I kind of get it, but that doesn't really make sense. But the NFL, all the bad games in the morning, regionalize them so you hit people. It may not be a great game. But most people have some level of passion for one of those morning games. Then you clear the decks mostly in the afternoon. There's really not many afternoon games. But Cowboys-Patriots, and most of the country will see that. And then the Niners and Packers in primetime. Yeah, the NFL. They're brilliant. All right. DJ and PK, that's what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690 at Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up through the magic radio. Patrick Kinahan will join us to talk football. Also coming up, it's the Red and Blue on Friday. Kyle Gunther's here at 8 o'clock. Brian Keel's here at 9 o'clock. Talk Utes and Cougars. David Locke at 8.30 with the Jazz home for a couple of games this weekend. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Basketball tonight, Utah State faces LSU in the Jamaica Classic. 5-0 Aggies, 3-1 Tigers. The game's on the CBS Sportsnet. And you can hear it on 1280 The Zone with Tony Parks on the call. Game starts at 5 o'clock. Jazz tip-off at 7. David Locke on the call. That game will be on 97.5 The Zone until the Aggie game wraps up. Jazz are 9-5, and and they are facing the Warriors who have the worst record in the NBA. Only three wins all year long. Football tomorrow, BYU at UMass, 10 a.m. kickoff on Flow Football. The Utes, if uh, if you have the regional cable packages, you can watch it on NESN. Yeah, New England Sports Network. The Utes kick off at 8 o'clock in Tucson on Fox Sports 1. Our pregame show starts at 6.30. And the Aggies in Boise State at 8.30 on CBS Sports Net and 12.80 The Zone. Scotty G on the call at 7.30 with the pregame show. Top of the Wire brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Joining us now to talk a little college football from CBS, the very undefeated and admired Brian Jones. (laughs) Where do you rank Huntley on the list of great quarterbacks this year in the country? He's right there in the top five, if not top two or three. That Washington game really proved a lot to me. One, he's tough, he's accurate, and the guy can lead a football team even when he's not 100%. So everyone's starting to take notice of him. There's no doubting his ability on the field, and he's definitely one of the top five quarterbacks in the game right now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, it's DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A football Friday, PK, 
Yes. You're on the road again. The Arizona Wildcats in Tucson. Looking forward to this game, very much so. I don't really want to break this game down. The Utes are favored by 23, and I assume they're going to do to Arizona what they did to UCLA. So to sit here and break it down, how will Arizona, with one of the top, one of the bottom 10 defenses in the football bowl subdivision, there's 130 teams, and they're like 122, 123, something like that. They are giving up 37 points a game. So I figure the Utes are good for 45, maybe even 50. I mean, it depends on when Kyle Winningham decides to call up the dogs. If, if Arizona's gotten two or three touchdowns, which seems unlikely, but if they have, then I can see the Utes score more points. If Arizona's sitting on a field goal, then maybe Kyle's you know playing backups, getting guys experience, keeping guys healthy, all that stuff. You're looking at me like you want to argue, but you can't really find a way. Because outside of USC and Washington, you know, there's two teams. Okay, Utah and Oregon, those are top ten. Then you got Washington and USC who look like they're on pace to, you know, kind of be eight and four. And then you got everybody else. And everybody else is getting blown off the field by the Utes. They are. Have any none of those other teams and they didn't play Stanford, so let's throw that one aside. But all those other teams just got just been getting wrecked by the Utes. Okay. So I don't see why this is going to be any different. Well, there's two things that I wish were going to happen. One is that I wish I wish Rich Rod was still the coach because his sideline explosions entertain me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Secondly, I think it's bad for the conference to have your top teams just be slaughtering everybody and what I'm hoping is there's some level of competition because Arizona's at home now you look on the road except for Oregon State Utah hasn't smoked everybody they drew USC and Washington on the road and they only have four road games right the way you're either gonna have four or five and it rotates right so so do you think okay so that's the question then. So has the bigger factor been the road or has the bigger factor been those eight win teams just had more talent? They certainly had more talent. I don't think there's any question about that. But what I'm hoping is that Arizona can muster up some pride. It's senior night for them because they finished the season in Tempe. Right? So senior night, you're not going to win. You're a huge underdog. We understand that. But still with that in mind, muster up some stones here (laughs) and at least compete for a little while. Senior night, family's going to be there, you're at home. Uh, There's not going to be a ton of people in the stands, uh, I don't think. They don't draw that well anyway. They suck. They're a basketball school. So I've seen 50,000 there, but this is a bad team at the end of the year, so that would, to me, suggest 40. Do you think it's going to be less than that? I was thinking probably around 38-ish. Okay. uh, To wear somewhere in that way. I think people will come out. You have tickets. It's senior night. Right. Uh, Utes are a good team. They're all that and nationally ranked. So you don't get that many teams of this caliber coming into Tucson very often. Uh, so why not go out to the ball game? What else are you going to do? Pick tumbleweeds? I mean, do something. So that ought to generate a few thousand who just do it because there's something to do. And with the fact that being home... If you get blown away at home, it looks way worse than if you get blown away out on the road. Because what happens, and I've been in this situation many times over, the home team, the fans leave. A couple years back, uh, 
they played a Thursday night game in Tempe, ASU and Utah, right? And the Utes slaughtered them. And I can remember some one of the Utah support guys. Oh, look at this, man! They're leaving. Oh, this is great. Oh, that yeah, happens but everywhere. But you've been to more. You've been to so many road <laughs> games as a beat writer. Yeah. You've seen this movie. Yeah, I mean, if it was reversed and the Devils were up here blowing you out in Salt Lake, your fans would leave. No. Yeah. Actually, they did leave after they blew out Idaho State. That, that people bailing or, out. Yeah, that game. and they have been leaving, and actually, it's been pretty good because sometimes they hit traffic at home or driving home. Not but now. No, right. especially the late games, because there's no need to stay to the bitter end when you're beating someone forty-nine to three. So they do get out of there a little earlier. That's for sure. So I'm hoping, and maybe it's just not going to happen, but I'm hoping from the sake of competitiveness that they do put up some type of resistance and just don't roll over because I think that the Utes need to be tested just being a game. And I just think it's bad for the conference when they keep slaughtering everybody. Yeah, but that's what I anticipate is just a complete rout. I'm curious, uh, as part of this crowd, how many Ute fans will be down there. Uh, I mean, obviously the Utes have alumni all over the West, so there's just going to be some local people who show up. Maybe somebody drives down from Phoenix and all that. Will people travel? They're saving their money for Oregon in a bowl game? And Oregon in the conference title game? I think the folks who travel have already set. Will there be 5,000 Ute fans there, higher or lower? 5,000? It seems, and it's hard to say specifically because they don't sit together. But they're—I was actually going to say they do sit together, oh. and they're loud. So it seems like it's more. And then you look over there, and you're like, it really isn't that much. It just sounds like right it, as a roar goes up when they make a big play. Right. Yeah. Bradley and I gets a sack, or somebody. It felt to like at Washington there was a fair amount of fans, and the U fans travel. And I don't know if you notice because obviously I go to the Ute games. There's every single road game. There's a guy who takes a plane. And has a banner that says "Go Utes." Oh, really? And he flies it around the stadium a hundred times over. Oh, yeah. Before every every road game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. You can see it in the sky, and it's it's set your watch by it. It will be there. It's always there. So I don't know who it is. Somebody should do a story on it, actually, because it's it was there in Seattle. It's always there. It was there in the Coliseum, and I have to believe it'll be there in Tucson. Yeah. So I, I think they get a fair amount. How's the game atmosphere at Tucson? Is that kind of middle of the it's league? Great for basketball. Yeah, but for football. <laughs> the bottom of the league right now is Stanford and UCLA. Those stadiums are empty. At UCLA, it's looked like they have 25,000 people, maybe 30,000 people in the stands for games. And I thought Stanford on TV, there was a game they played. I can't remember who it was now. And I remember thinking, it looks like there's only ten or 15,000 people there. And I asked Dirk Facer, and somehow he knows somebody. He says, it's funny you say that, because he'd seen it, and he called a guy he knew, and he said it was 12,000. Wow. Yeah. So I'm figuring, the, the, as game day atmospheres go, that's the bottom right now. Uh, Colorado has got to be near the bottom. That place looks empty most of the times when I see it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to be. You know, it's not one of the best environments, but it's usually been halfway decent. But how many of them have given up? And basketball is back. You know, they're good again. They're ranked. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. They're, and they got some young freshmen good start, that right? are uh, exciting players. They're not going to be there long term, but they're young, exciting players. So... I'm not sure. I don't know. That's a that's a question I can't specifically answer right now. I would th- I would venture to say it would at least be okay. 
That's generally what I expect. I kind of figured that was the middle of the league. I mean, Autzen Stadium is crazy. The Rice-Eccles crowd is really good. Seattle, Washington, and USC usually have good crowds. So that's kind of the top third of the league right there. So I figured, uh, yeah. I figured Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State, that must somehow kind of be the middle of mm-hmm. the league. Uh, yeah, ASU can get it. I mean, they're a bunch of front runners. I don't know that that's unusual. They usually have a decent environment because the weather's usually good. People want to party. So, uh, it, 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 I would be surprised if it wasn't enough, you know, to, to make it look like, okay. And then the Utes will win big and Arizona fans will leave early and the 5,000 Ute fans will stay there and holler. That's what I anticipate. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And then BYU goes back to UMass. You can watch that on flowfootball.com. Yak, how much does that cost? That's not a free streaming. 20 bucks. 20 bucks to stream the game. 20 bucks, 20 bucks. So I hear 20 bucks. This is this is the future. Everybody's going to have their own streaming deal, right? You think this so? Is, this is where we're headed. I, I hope the over-the-air networks can, can hold on and televise stuff for free because it's kind of annoying to have to, okay, to get the Toledo game, you had to have ESPN uh, Plus. To get this game, you have to have uh, this flow football, which I honestly had never heard of until I saw the release for this game. Uh, depending on who you play, they're going to play a lot of Pac-12 games going forward. You're probably going to need the Pac-12 network as a BYU fan. Um, you don't need it for the BYU-Utah game, whoa, whoa, but they're going to be that playing. Again. Say that again. Well, BYU's going to play a lot of Pac-12 schools going forward. I won't be surprised if a game ends up on the Pac-12 network. They're going to start playing three or oh, four, okay, okay, three okay. Or four games a year. I thought you were talking about flow. No, 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 no. I'm talking... insurance gal. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about her at all. I thought you were saying games. I just think I just think before you used to be able to, you know, you'd get your cable or your satellite deal or whatever, and you'd be able to see the games. And that was the advantage of independence. It left the mountain and that whole thing behind. And now we're kind of getting, okay, so this game's over here and that game's over there, and where am I going to have to find a Pac-12 network next year or the year after? Uh-huh. It's annoying. It's 20 bucks here. It's 6 bucks there. It's... An annoyance, but I guess if you're hardcore, you'll do it. And if you're a casual fan, you won't. And there may be fans who are like, oh, they're going to blow out you, man. I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to watch this. I'll watch three minutes of highlights on Talking Sports and call it good. And somebody will post stuff on Twitter. You know, there'll be some highlights out there. You'll see it. Yeah, I think that, that I think games will be more readily available, not less. Well, it's available. It's just you want to have to pay six bucks here and 20 bucks there and have it add up. Well, everything is going up, so right. how, yeah. why wouldn't that continue? You're going to end up on the Big Ten Network or the SEC. I mean, it network. costs more to go to games, and you know, we, we I've heard I haven't heard so much. It's interesting because I haven't heard as much complaining from Utah fans about the increase in season tickets and the, co- winning, the cover charge. Yeah. But I've had people, yeah, are BYU I, fans complaining? I actually had a BYU uh, fan who was surprised because they bought some tickets discount. I think it was for the Liberty game, and they got six or eight dollar tickets or something like that. A guy went down there with. Two or three of his kids, and they had a great time. And he's like, "What do you do with the other five? Ha <laughs> I don't think he has an other five. <laughs> Not yet. I think he, I think he a has a lot of weekends to come, buddy. <laughs> I think he has four kids, <laughs> but I don't know him well enough. I don't have all of them. <laughs> I don't have them all memorized. I think he's got four. I don't think they all went, but most of them went. I think this is a bad look for BYU. But what are you going to do, man? Well, going forward, they're going to play a tougher schedule, and they're not going to have this. I mean, is, is this this three-game stretch is a piece of cake, and they've won the first two games, and Liberty, they win by as much as we expected, but they still won. And I assume, I, 
the, the 40 point spread sounds crazy, but UMass on average gives up 52 points a game. Literally, I mean, Arizona's bad. Arizona's really bad at 37 points a game, and UMass is at 52, 52. Why don't consider than them that. a D1 program? Yeah, I, I get it. An independent, it just feels like a, a team that moved up from the. FCS. Yeah. It's like, why bother? Right. There, there are FCS teams. I, I assume the top three or four teams in the Big Sky would all beat UMass. Oh, I could, yeah. yeah. I would think so. Montana, Sac State, Weber State, who are all tied for first place. Yeah, I would think they could all beat UMass. So, but again, they got to play them. They got to play them this year and get through it. And next year, they'll have North Alabama at home and they'll just have one. Maybe then, they should try to establish a thing. Maybe UConn and Liberty could get better. Because if you're going to go back there, don't do this. <laughs> right. I mean, what was it? Was it, were they were back there last year, and, and the big celebrate, the big uh, selling point was you played in the stadium of the Patriots. Well, now they're not doing that, right? So no, they're not. UMass has got a field in there at that. You, you this is going to be if you want to be big time, you just can't do this. It reminds me one time the Utes went back to play Chicago State in basketball. <laughs> High school gym. Oh, it was even worse. But yeah. And the only no, seriously, thing, Brighton and Alta wouldn't trade with them. <laughs> Davis High isn't Davis High doesn't no want new to school. Go. Right. Let's go go Corner Canyon. Much Corner Canyon's not trading. Much a newer school. <laughs> I've been on the Corner Canyon yeah. campus. They're not trading. Yeah, and th- they had, and it was literally like a high school gym, and they had a pep band that was like a jazz band, and that was the only thing of note in that game. The band. Everything else, blah, and like, blah, blah, blah. why are we doing this? Right, this seems like such a waste of time. You're a program of such stature. This is far beneath you. You shouldn't be doing this. I mean, it was like uh, we can we know why they the teams go to Maui and play in the Lahaina gym because it's, it's Maui, baby, yeah. <laughs> and they don't have a bigger building. Right, right, right. And so we we get that, and nobody cares because it's Maui, right. baby, and it's actually adds to the charm. It's quaint. Yes. Yeah, having been in that gym several times. Over. You've been to some of the other ones. Is that if you go to Puerto Rico for a tournament? I mean, there's a handful of tournaments down in the, the Bahamas. I think they've got a tournament. The Caribbean, several, several of those islands host early season stuff. Yeah, I've been to Puerto Rico. I've been to St. John's. Uh, the one in St. John's was better. The one in Puerto Rico, they had to shut the doors because it was a little breezy. And they also had uh, glass. Yeah. So the sun gotten some guy's eyes oh really (laughs) I played in a high school gym that was built in the 1930s that had glass and the glass was painted over oh no they didn't and and you could see if it was daylight or that but we didn't get shadows yeah I remember the game and they were joking with Trace Caton banked one in Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly and the guys were joking that the wind got a hold of it (laughs) (laughs) it's funny the sun was in my eyes and the wind got a hold of it it happens sort of like playing outside playing down at the beach yeah exactly all right, and then the game that matters this weekend the one Boise State Utah State Boise State can win the division this is it send them off to the Mountain West Conference title game with a win and with the quarterback issues for the Aggies I just don't have I just can't pick Utah State but this is a huge game for them because you want to see where you stack up now you've gotten smoked a couple of times you blew the Wake Forest game. You got smoked against LSU, but okay, it looks like LSU, LSU has one of the best teams, right. if not their best team of all time. But, but Air you got Force. hammered by BYU and Air Force. Air Force handed So where it do you him. stack up? 
And you've beaten a bunch. You've beaten some teams. You're bowl eligible. That's good. But how good are those teams? So you can't, for the, just the complexion of the season, you can't afford to go out and get smoked by Boise. So it's going to look like, okay, if you're halfway decent, they blow you out. If you're not, you, you can compete with them. That's a drop from where the program is expected to be. Even if they lose, I want to see a competitive ball game. The spread is eight. It opened at nine, and I thought it was going to go up. And maybe we'll all be surprised and Jordan Love will come out and look like nothing was wrong. But sure looked like something was wrong in the fourth quarter, and Gary won't talk about it. So we will wait and see. DJ and PK, there's the local football for the weekend. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ PK coming up, Kyle Gunther, the red and the blue. We're talking Utah football at 8 o'clock with Kyle. He's going to join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Zero Res Food Drive is back. Schedule a carpet cleaning for just $33 per room. Have a food donation ready at the time of service, and Zero Res will clean a fourth room absolutely free. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. A reminder. Join PK and I Tuesday. We're going to be at Murdoch Chevrolet, 2375 South, 625 West in Woods Cross. Got a question up at uh, Facebook with the Jazz hosting the Warriors tonight. I mean, the Warriors, who's fallen this far this fast from the NBA Finals to the worst team in the West? The worst team in the NBA now. Everybody else has four wins. Warriors still stuck on three. Name another team, any sport, any level, that you would like to see fall completely apart. This broke into two categories on our Facebook page. One, it's the rivalry. The Utes want the Cougars, and the Cougars want the Utes. Kevin, the Utes, oh wait, they've never won a national championship. They've never been to the top of the mountain. Uh, I see what you did there, Kevin. Scott, I want BYU to fall apart. Well, if they didn't have Kalani. See, there it is, the silver lining. The former Ute, you just can't hate him. Chad, BYU football. Oh, wait, you have to be successful before you fall apart. So there's a lot of back and forth with BYU and Utah fans want the other one to just absolutely crater. Having been around when teams have cratered, no thank you. As a member of the sports media, no, no thank you. BYU basketball was such a big deal when I got here. 20,000. Packing in for every conference game, whack, back in the day. And it was 20-win season after NCAA tournament bid, after 20-win season, just kept rolling them out. And then all of a sudden, coaching change in a 1-25. And the Marriott Center vaporized. That was no good. That was a waste of time. And more recently, yeah. if you just look at the start of the Larry Kristoviak Correct. era, yes, the say. whole team quits, right? Coaching change, everybody. And the so Larry's, yeah. Larry's looking for D2 transfers and JC guys, and he's on the verge of calling me and PK, and then Yak became available. I'm good for five fouls. You know. That was brutal. That was So, no, we don't, we don't need any of these. So don't. The good news is the football teams haven't cratered. They, uh, I guess BYU had a four-win season. 
But four or five wins has been the bottom of the barrel there. And that's bad enough. I don't need, I don't need to see a 10-loss season out of, any, out of the Utes and Cougars. No. I don't need that. No, thank you. The other group here is it's just jealousy. You hate teams that win. Man, people want the Patriots to just, just fall apart. Just completely. Russell wants the Yankees to go down. We got uh, people hating on uh, Alabama nonstop. Brady, Alabama and the Pats. Bradley, Bama. I thought we loved winners. That everybody admired the win- certain amount of jealousy. We like you to win, but not too much. Not too much, right? Colin, I want Bama and Ohio State. PK would give that an amen. Bama and Ohio State. Amen on Ohio State. Similar, obvious reasons. Brian, the Ohio State blah, 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 Buckeyes. Daniel wants the Cowboys. Oh, wait, they're already a complete dumpster fire. They are not actually a complete dumpster fire. Overhyped, I'll give you that. Completely overhyped. I hear Jerry Jones down there talking about them winning the Super Bowl. And I know the Giants were 7-7 seven and seven and won the Super Bowl. Cowboys are 6-4, and four and they're leading a bad division. I mean, they're... they're the NFC East champ, and, and the Eagles are only a game back. The NFC East champ is clearly on track to be the four seed. So dumpster fire, a little strong. But it's about passion. A lot of people calling. The Lakers, Nick. The Lakers. Absolutely. Hire LeBron. Tamper and rip a guy out of New Orleans who's under contract. And boom, right to the top of the standings. It does seem a little dirty. But guess what? It's working. They're in first place in the West. All right, DJ and PK, Kyle Gunther. We're going to talk red and blue today. Kyle Gunther, the former Ute, at 8.05. He is coming up next, and Brian Keel joins us at 9 on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.